Welcome to Three Song Stories, the podcast that builds biography using music and the songs that have become connected to our guests' lives. Thanks for listening. I'm Mike Canary. Our guest today is Kath Branwood. Originally from the UK, Kath has followed many career paths, traveled to many countries, and lived in Mexico before moving to the US almost 10 years ago. She says she continually tries to share her unique perception of the world through being a creator. She's a painter, digital and visual artist, photographer, and spoken word poet. Her solo art exhibit titled The Me, You, Them Exhibit is on display through July 29th at the Sydney and Burn Davis Art Center in downtown Fort Myers. We actually came across her when she came in to talk about that show on our radio show, Gulf Coast Life Arts Edition. Hey there, Kath. How are you? Good morning. How are you? I'm very good. Is Kath short for Kathy? Short for Catherine. Well, but Kathy's short for Catherine, so Kath mm. must be short for Kathy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, agreed. But Kathy, mm, yeah, Kathy's Kathy? a thing. Kathy's an American thing. Kath isn't an American thing, maybe. That's I've never is. met a Kath. No, I think it's definitely a British thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, have you met any other Caths? In this country, no, but yeah, back home, for sure, there's lots of Caths. Okay. Yeah. Um, and um, we share a birthday. We do. We learned that randomly in the in the lobby last yeah. week. Um, have you ever like looked up like in the books that tell you who you are based on your birthday, what it says for our birthday? I only that I'm a Pisces. Uh-huh. I'm kind of a dreamy artist type, which is definitely me. But apart from that, I like to look up who has birthdays on the same day. Right. Pretty. We've proud got some of... pretty cool. We got Steve Irwin. Oh, the crocodile yeah. hunter. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. is, I'm going to use that one because my go-to is Drew Barrymore. I know that used to be my and George Washington, and right? Or did he die? George on... Washington and um, I think Shaquille O'Neal. Ah, that's so much cooler. <laughs> Steve Irwin and Shaquille O'Neal. Well, the reason I bring it up, and you said dreamy artist type, is that the one book that always stuck with me. It was like it would tell you, according to this book, what card, what tarot card you were based on your birthday, and our birthday is the Fool card. Uh, yeah, yeah. And the story it tells is like how the fool is like, you know, always in the moment, doing what they want to do, disregarding the future and the past. And I was like, hey, that kind of resonates with yeah. me. Yeah, that's yeah, that's me too. I mean, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't want to be a fool, but yeah, well, mostly no, I, I am. <laughs> yeah, I think it's the fool in the positive sense, like the potster kind of free spirit. Free spirit. I like there that. And we haven't even told anybody whether our birthday is, so they'll have no, to go do I research. I don't need to do that. Exactly. Um, where did you grow up? Um, Birmingham, UK. Well, outside of Birmingham, but Birmingham is like the biggest city that everyone knows. It's where Peaky Blinders is based. What's that? Peaky Blinders is a TV show that's globally huge, hmm. and it's it's on Netflix. Should I um, watch it? You definitely should watch it. Hmm. Get, on, get on board. Siloed, I live in a very siloed world when it comes to media, so uh, I'll take that recommendation. Definitely, and you won't be disappointed, I don't think. But um, a friend of mine watched it recently, and he's like, it's it, it's a New York gang. I'm like, no, <laughs> it's from Birmingham, but yeah, Birmingham, UK. So it's a real industrial center of the UK. And you, how long did you live there? Um, until not 2009. Okay, so well, you, that's where you always lived when you were in the UK. No, actually, no. No, I say that. <laughs> <laughs> I was, yeah, no, I moved around the UK a little bit. 
Okay. Other than what so how know. would you characterize the musical background of growing up there? Um, what was going around, you know, playing, being played around you? What were your parents exposing you to? Just start like when you were younger. What was, where did music fit into your uh, life? Well, my parents exposed me to uh, the Beatles and Elvis and just, you know, big bands. So they weren't really musically minded like that. But Birmingham really has a huge kind of musical output. I mean, Led Zeppelin is from that area. Oh, wow. Well, Robert Plant is at least. Mm-hmm. So he, uh, my mind has gone completely blank. But a lot of, like, look at Birmingham musicians. More more people I speak to who are musicians who, when I say I'm from Birmingham, they're like, well, this person, this person, this person, this person. Or, they know more than you do. Yeah, my mind goes blank, but yeah, for sure. What was the first band that you identified with? Oh, um, probably in my teenage years, probably like Blur, Oasis. I did go through a Nirvana phase. I definitely went through a Metallica phase. Um, but yeah, identified with probably those of that era. Do you remember the first music that you physically owned yourself? Like, you know, a <laughs> CD or a record or a tape or whatever it would have been. It would have been a vinyl and it was a band called Slade. And that was like the first single that I have, and it's still somewhere at my dad's house. It's a British band, and oh, I can't even remember the name of the song that it was, but it's a classic. But it was a single, 45? Yeah, yeah. Did you go choose to buy it? Did, was it gifted to you? I think it was, I think my brother gifted it to me. I think it was like a Christmas gift, yeah. Musical instruments? Did you play any musical I did, I played the violin. Hmm. But not not for long. I played it for like maybe three or four years, and I was in orchestras and stuff, and I passed the exam, so I couldn't have been that bad. But um, yeah, it was interesting because I painted a violin just recently here at Bell Tower Shops. It was one that was donated by the Southwest Florida Symphony. Did you pick it up and kind of? Yeah, because it was a kid's violin, and I, I kind of had a moment with it because I picked it up and played it, and I'm like, oh my goodness! Like last time I did this was then when I was like seven or eight or something. Oh, so that's how young you were. So yeah. you, you gave it up early. Yeah. Did you still remember some? Like, could you get a note out or was mm-hmm. it a little screechy? It was screechy. Or was it even in tune? It may not even have been. I mean, I was probably screechy back when I was like eight, <laughs> you know, honestly. But um, yeah, and then I played the trumpet for a little bit, but that fell away as well. Like, I kind of wish I kept it up. Yeah. Do you have any aspirations to pick up a musical instrument at this point in life? I'd love to learn a piano. Hmm. Yeah. That What's would... keeping you? Nothing really except time. I suppose, but yeah. It's another kind of making art. So you could, you know, you could think of the time you need to devote to it as making new art. Yeah, and there's some really great apps that keep coming up. I must have mentioned it out loud to somebody because I get a lot of adverts for like, you can learn the piano with this easy app. So one of these days. I was recently in a meeting and a woman 20 feet away from me during the meeting was talking about Ancestry.com. And then later that day on Instagram and Facebook, I got ads for Ancestry.com. Yeah, it's so spooky. I'm going to just say Ancestry.com a bunch of times to my phone right now. Yeah. We'll see if it comes back. Sometimes what I, I feel like what I think about pops up as an advert as well. I'm not sure I didn't say that out loud. And then before you know it, you just got some random shoes that you thought you they wanted. They just have us pigeonholed. Yeah. They know. Yeah. But it's kind of refreshing because I would, I guess, rather see ads for things that I might care about than things that I have no desire to see. Yeah, but sometimes then you've got... You feel, I really do feel like they're reading our minds because sometimes you're like, I don't think I said that out loud and no one needs to know that, but there you go. There's an advert pops up and it's kind of embarrassing. It's the world we live in. So <laughs> piano would be what you would learn if yeah. you could just choose to learn one magically. 
Yeah, if like you know, when you were downloaded some information in a, in your sleep, and then you woke like up the and Matrix. you just knew it. Can't, yeah, take that pill, and all of a sudden you knew how to play the piano. I mean, guitar's cool, but piano, yeah, I think that's more me. If you go back as deep as you can, what would be the earliest musical memory that would flash to mind? Oh, definitely, definitely something we're going to talk to in relation to one of my songs today. Definitely in relation to my dad. So hold that thought. We'll get back to that in just a little bit. Yeah. Um, live music. Do you remember the first time you saw live music that wasn't just like, you know, maybe a church choir or something like that? Well, the first concert I ever went to is Lenny Kravitz. Oh, wow. How old would you have been? <laughs> I was like 17. I was old to long to it. That must have been yeah. pretty cool being a 17-year-old. Where was that? Was that there? It in... was in an arena in Birmingham. So there's this arena called the NEC, which all the big bands and all the big people would come and play. So that was like, yeah, you can go and see. If you wanted to go see someone, you go and see them there. So Lenny Kravitz, yeah, I'm pretty proud of that one. That's a pretty cool first concert, even though I was like late in life to go to concerts. So when I throw out in this country, and they're like, uh-huh. <laughs> did you, I mean, you must have, you know, go with your friends? Did you like, did you, in other words, were you a fan of Lenny Kravitz or was it a, a moment of opportunity where it was like, was, hey, do you want to go to Lenny Kravitz? I was a huge fan. I was like very attracted to him for obvious reasons, but I was a huge fan. But I have what got are a really, the obvious reasons? I, I don't even know what the obvious reasons would it's be. It's just a really <laughs> universally attractive dude. I know. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> But yeah, I have a great memory in relation to that Lenny Kravitz concert because I didn't. I'm pretty sure I wasn't drunk. I was 17, but I could have been. Um, but I wasn't drunk at the time. But I do remember like being overwhelmed by his beauty, maybe, and and throwing up at the back of that concert. I, mm. I don't like. Yeah, it so was you threw so up at your first concert. So rock was, and roll. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Peak concert experience in your life besides that one? Oh, there's so many. I couldn't even tell you. Um, do you know, I went to see, and this holds my thing. <laughs> so my musical taste is, is so random, but I had gone to see Tina Turner <laughs> in some outdoor venue in Atlanta and supported by Cindy Lauper. And it was in the 90, it was in the 1998. Cindy Lauper was heavily pregnant and she's on stage doing her thing. Girls just want to have fun in like a head to toe, skin tight, purple jumpsuit heavily pregnant but just rocking the stage so yeah that's a pretty cool one sounds like a fever dream (laughs) 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 but yeah there's that but yeah there's so many there's so many great concert memories you know um so how long ago did you move to the united states um 2013 so that would have been 98 so you traveled here yeah I came for a college internship, so I lived in Atlanta for a year back in the 90s. Oh. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Like when you were in, like, your undergrad? Yeah. I was doing business management, and I did a college internship in the Marriott Marquis in downtown Atlanta. It was a, it was an eye-opening experience for so many reasons for a 19-year-old traveling to the U.S. and then living in Atlanta. It was just a completely different life for me. It was fantastic. What was your first impression? Like, what was the first thing that really, like, when you got here, you were like, that's not what I expected, or they really do that? I had, well, I, living in Atlanta, it was my first experience of being a minority. So Uh that was just a really fantastic life experience to have at 19, um, because it's really kind of formed me from there on in, in lots of ways. Like, I grew up in a real liberal house with you know no prejudices and like respecting people for who they are 
But what I learned from living there was just like, oh, your latent stuff is always there. And so, it, it, yeah, it opened my mind. But it was just, yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd traveled to America before, but living here is a completely different ballgame. Hmm. Yeah. Were, uh, were you in Atlanta during the Olympics then? Because that, that's about when that happened. Yeah. Because I was living the, there around then. It was a year after. So I'd got mm. there in early 97. So everything was like pristine from the 96 Olympics, which was nice. But um, yeah. Um, how does the traffic in Atlanta compare to the traffic in Birmingham? Oh, I don't know really because I wasn't really driving in Atlanta. Oh, so you didn't have to suffer through it. I was doing the motto, which is like because it's like uh, it's infamous for its. I drive an hour to work every day, and I live oh. three miles away. Well, I used to. Um, I lived outside of Birmingham city center. I lived. In a normal traffic day, it would be like 20 minutes. But I used to commute, and on commuter days, it would take me two hours. So that's pretty indicative of yes. <laughs> how awful the traffic is and um, in and out. Did you guys have, like, dances in high school like we have here? Like, you know, we have prom and homecoming and things like that. Did you guys have that? Oh, yeah, school discos, but not dances and not proms. Like, discos. Proms are a bigger thing these like, days, apparently. We used to call them discos. I don't know what was the cool I'm doing word. A disco. Arm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Maybe like that. Um, <laughs> but you're you... showing your age. No one, I know your age because we shared the year <laughs> that we were born. <laughs> um, uh, do you remember the first dance that you slow danced? The first song that you slow danced to? Oh no. No. I don't think I was attractive as a child. <laughs> so you didn't do a lot of slow dancing. <laughs> no one ever asked me except my dad. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know. That's oh man, you might have traumatized me with that question because I'm, I'm like, sorry. I never slow danced when I was a child. I don't know. You no. slow dance now, though. Right? No, there was this. <laughs> there was this boyfriend that I had called Stephen Jones, and it was probably with him, but I couldn't tell you what to. It might have been like the Star Wars theme tune because me and him bonded over the Millennium Falcon that he owned, <laughs> which was the actual toy rather than anything else. We're like seven, um, but yeah. That I was that kid who enjoyed Star Wars rather than slow dancing with boys. I think. Star Trek, Star Wars. You, you, it, are you a Star Wars person? Do you like them both? I think it would have to be Star Wars. Yeah. Wait, I'm not making a really stupid comment. Millennium Falcon is Star Wars, right? I haven't just yes. fooled myself out. Yes, no. And I'll own that full right. card if I say anything stupid because it's. <laughs> It's maybe the most Star Wars thing. I think so. And that now you know why I love Stephen Jones. Okay. You <laughs> keep up with Stephen Jones? No. No. I moved out of the area and I never saw him again. Do you ever look him up on Facebook to tell him how much you miss his Star Wars action figures? I might have stalked him, but I never found him. <laughs> okay. I also believe with hindsight he might have been gay. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is totally fine, but, you know. Um, okay, well, it is time for your first song, and you sent the songs, and you used the word randomly, so you, as if there wasn't an order to them. Yeah. Is that what you intended, or did you intend them in the order? No, well... Because you've already kind of teased the fact that your dad is involved with your earliest musical memory, yeah. and it's tied to a song, so I, feel, I was going to go there. Yeah. But I, I want to clarify the random thing. Is it, do I get to pick the next two? You can choose whatever order. I mean, I was just thinking in terms of like, yeah, going back to the first memory. Okay, well, let's start. Let's start with your first song and your story and whichever, which the one you alluded to. Oh, no, because now I'm thinking, yeah. You don't want to do that first? No, I don't know. Okay, which one was it? 
the first song that Which I want Which is the one that you don't no, want to do. No, let's do it in the order that I gave it to you. That Okay. Can we do Queen first? Yes, we can do Queen first. Okay, what's the story with the Queen song? Which What's I think a, is this our first Queen song? No, no, we've had Bohemian Rhapsody on. Oh, um, but that wasn't too long ago. I think maybe that was the first. It one. took a while to get Queen on the show. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because it's such Bohemian Rhapsody is just such a long one. You yeah, know, it's like half the podcast. Uh, well, we truncate the songs, so we've had twenty plus minute songs on the show. Oh uh, so. well, I've done I've done you a good one with yes. my song two, song two. So. What's the story with the Queen song? So this is a song that is um, – it was my stepmom. It was her ringtone for her on her cell phone. And my stepmom came into life when I was 16 years old. She was an awesome, awesome person. And she was a very cool woman because when I was 16, I was the grumpiest, angstiest teenager ever. So for her to kind of come into my life and be cool and, like, allow me to – um, love her as a family member. That was pretty impressive in itself. But she was just a great woman. Um, and in relation to this song, so she put it on her phone and she was battling cancer at that time. And so that song will always remind me of um, her spirit, her life spirit, and um, just that she was an awesome woman. And it always does. It always just takes me to her. And it's just, um, yeah, just takes me to a particular memory of her so I did um she was really struggling she was very very sick and she had a mobile wheelchair in the end and I had graduated from law school in 2006 and she had come to that graduation and she was very very sick and we didn't at that point know quite how sick she was um but at my law school graduation so she's in a mobile wheelchair and she's like, I'm just going to let rip. We're in like the parking lot of the campus. And she just let rip down this parking lot. And I just, in my head, I'm hearing this Queen song in my head as she rips down the parking lot. And so it will always remind me of that, like to the very end, that spirit that this per- this human being has. And she still inspires me. And she passed away in a month after my law school graduation. That's mm. when I said I didn't know how sick she was. But she was gone a month, exactly a month to the day after my graduation. Mm. And so imagine that, like a month before she's ripping down in what was her, you know, Harley Davidson (laughs) equivalent. (laughs) And there she is doing this. So, yeah, this is to my stepmom, Jean, wherever you are. I know you listen to me and I know she's supported me in this little adventure of my life since then. Well, that's definitely the model of a song story. In other words, if you're walking through the Publix and this song comes on, which I think it could even in today's world, you'd be right back there. Yeah. Mm. Uh, listen to it? Yeah, let's have a little listen. I'll, uh, try, and, I'll try not to cry. Well, we've got tissues. Um, <laughs> Don't Stop Me Now by Queen from their 1978 album Bohemian Rhapsody. You took me somewhere then. That was good, or or Freddie did more like. Yeah, that was not, that was yeah. Wow. Yeah, I can I can visualize her doing that thing. I could visualize her doing that yeah. thing. That's what's so amazing about this. And now the next time we hear that song, we're gonna think of her. Yeah, that's how this works. Just imagine. Yeah, she was just an incredible, incredible person in my life. I I had her in my life for thirteen years, just thirteen years. So little little gap. But what was her name? Jean. Jean. Yeah. She'd probably appreciate this story, wouldn't she? Yes. Yeah, she's definitely, yeah. 
She's a driving force in my life still. Hmm. Now. Um, are you a Queen fan? Do you have to be a Queen fan if you're from Birmingham? <laughs> yeah, you have to be a Queen fan if you're from England. I really believe this and I joke about it. Like, I feel like you must, to get your British passport, sing along to Queen. Like, you must know the words of at least three Queen songs to get your passport. I think I could get a passport because I know all the words. I know, I love Queen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe. Best Queen There's album. A few hoops you might probably have to jump Well, through. yeah. <laughs> Best Queen album or the one you've listened to the most. Oh, I don't know. See, so you've got me on this podcast, and I'm really rubbish at details, so I, I don't know. If you had to guess. Like, I don't know. Queen's Greatest Hits. <laughs> well, that, that, <laughs> One and two. That counts. <laughs> I love um, when, I, when I mow, I always start off with Night at the Opera. Okay. Like, that's my mowing you, song. Mowing the lawn? Mowing the lawn. Driving around on my riding lawn mower listening to Night at the Opera. Guaranteed that's what Freddie is telling you right now. It's really a great mowing song. <laughs> Um, on your Instagram, there's a piece of art that features Freddie that's titled this. Yes. Yeah. That's you. That's your art. Yes. Is that art in some way also tied into Jean? Yeah, for sure. So, and a lot of the pieces in the exhibition, the Me, You, Them exhibit is, um, related to people, related to memories and things. So that one definitely is in honor of her. What's awesome about that is it was the first one of the lot that sold. So someone was also inspired by that. So Queen, yeah, they, they really inspire people. People love, love Queen. But yeah, definitely. Do you know the story about Brian May's guitar? Or is that like everyone in England knows that? No, tell me the story. He made it with his dad using the mantle from like a 12th century palace yeah and they completely made it from the ground up and it's still what he uses to this yeah day. no now you said that i've definitely I watched a whole documentary on it yeah <laughs> he talks about it i listened to a, a, a podcast recently and he's talking about it yeah um desert island discs yeah you brought that up when we mentioned the name of the show tell our listeners what it is for for the uninitiated so desert island discs is a show that's on bbc radio 4 um and it's been going since the war? You said it was. The I think war. it's like 1942 or something like that. I haven't listened. Uh, they haven't got those ones on YouTube, but I wouldn't doubt it. Um, but yeah, they just invite celebrities <sighs> on to talk about music, and I think they have like maybe eight, maybe twelve tracks that they listen to, and just talking about their influences and very similar to this, memories and things like that. But um, it's it's just really interesting, and if you are like musically minded or interested in musicians at all, it's just really really great conversation. Um, and I think it lasts maybe forty five minutes. And, and the premise is, if you were stranded on an island, what songs you would bring? Is that the, what how, that's what it means? Or yeah, yeah, it's and then but you just get one song to choose at the end to say okay, if you, everything else gets taken away and you get one song, then what? What would you have? I see. Which is pretty hard. Like even for the three that I've chosen today, I'm like, it's pretty hard to narrow like your listening possibilities down to one tune, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, just a real technical question: When you listen to it on YouTube, are the songs there, or do they play the songs? Because we have this thing where we can broadcast this show on the radio and play the songs, but we can't include the whole song on the podcasts because we don't have the licensing. So yeah. I'm just wondering how they handle it. Some of it is on there probably with the full tracks, and some of them not, depending on how you feed it. It's BBC, so they probably have deals with people or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, but um. 
No, I've definitely listened to some of the full songs. I feel like I have because I, I mean, I get inspired, so I li- I do listen. Hmm. Yeah. So, um, law school. Yeah. You were a lawyer. For a little bit, yeah, I did. <laughs> Why only a little bit? Did you like do all the work and then be like, "This lawyering stuff sucks," or what? <laughs> no, I I definitely I loved it for the period that I did it. Um, and I definitely intended to. So what happened was. I started working in a law school in a university. I, I did eight years of hotel management, and then I'm like, I need to do something different. So I ended up working in an office in a law school in a university. And I was doing, like, general admin and stuff, and mostly because in my head I thought I could never do law. I wasn't oh, – I couldn't pass exams. I wasn't smart enough to do law. And then and then I met I – met, a lot of the people who were studying law, I'm like, wait a minute, I think I probably could do this. <laughs> and so I found a different avenue into it. There's something in England where you can um, transfer one degree to a law degree by doing like a graduate course. So that's what I did. So basically I did a law degree in one year instead of three. Oh. It was like an intense law study thing. So I did that. Um, yeah. And then I became a lawyer a few years later with a few different hoops that I jumped through. Um, and you studied what kind of law? I mean, you practiced what kind of law? Well, it, I worked in charity law. Oh. So charity, working with charities is basically setting up charities and, and they set up like businesses. So I ended up uh, doing so a lot of like commercial stuff. you were drunk drivers away. You were, you were doing No, I wasn't doing, doing it. No plus, yeah, ethical lawyering, if you can call it that. I, yeah. So, yeah, I did that for a few years. And then, yeah, and then I decided I fancied a change and went to marine conservation just to do something volunteering for three months. It was meant to be three months. It turned into six and that was in 2009, and I never went back to being a lawyer. <laughs> Could you? Um, I'd have to do some restudying and extra exams and stuff. But you don't really have any desire to do that at this point. Yeah. You? Could you practically? Yes, I, is the answer. Would I? No. Like, could I, as Kath, who is standing sitting here right now with you, couldn't imagine it mm. at all. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, so here in southwest Florida, how much live music have you seen since you've been here? Have you been here in Southwest Florida the entire time when you moved no, to the United States? No, I lived in Utah for four years. Utah? I'm, yeah. That you where you landed? Like when you came here? Yeah, yeah. Why, I, why Utah? Why Utah? Um, I had a husband that was Utahn. Utahn. Is yes. that really how it's said? Yes. Oh, wow. That's Apparently. what I learned today. Yeah. Utahn. Utahn. Um, and so then you moved here. Yeah. Desperate to get out of Utah and... Found Florida. <laughs> uh, why? Where? Why Southwest Florida? Oh uh, well, I was working at the Humane Society in Utah, and I was desperate to get out of Utah in that moment, and so was looking for jobs in humane societies around the country. And it was between Chicago, which I'm kind of familiar with because I lived in Chicago for a little bit, and then Naples had the exact same job. But down here in Naples, and I was familiar with Naples because my parents used to have a property here. So oh. I'd travelled to Naples before, so I'm like, okay, that's available. So I ended up doing the same job I was doing in Utah here in Florida for a bit. How do you compare Florida and Utah? You can't. No? Like totally like not even apples and oranges, like apples and basketballs? I mean, for a British person, it was both in America, but really very apples and oranges. Like it was coming to Florida for me was like breathing out after – stifling hmm. Utah. Yeah, that, that's personal. <laughs> um, have you seen much live music since you've been here? 
I try and see a lot of live music, like not big bands, yeah, but just local, I, local, music. local live music. So I um, go to an art studio, which is artists and musicians. So through that, I've made a lot of connections with local musicians and got a lot of friends who are local musicians. So I definitely try and go out and support them when they're playing and then hear about other places and people. Have you seen any music since things started opening back up? This last year, yeah, it's probably when I've seen the most. Really? <laughs> just because it's it more small group things? Yeah, just, um, I mean, there's so much great live music in bars and restaurants around Well, there here. wasn't for a while, though. No, but I think, think, well, I remember going in August last year to see musicians. Who was it? It was a buddy of mine called Chris Bepko, and I did photos for him. So he was he was definitely playing in August last year. I mean, it took till more recently till it was very kind of lots of different places. But yeah, yeah. If you're going to go see a show in town, where would the be where would be a venue that you prefer? Well, I'm based in Naples, so. Riptide what Brew. even happens in Naples? Like, I've been to Naples like eight times in my uh, entire life. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> <laughs> I, live like, I live like 45 minutes away. <laughs> it's definitely true. Most of Naples does close down at like nine o'clock. But um, if you pay attention to local musicians, then you know that they'll play between six and nine or seven and nine, and you can go out and have a few beers. So there's a few different local music venues where there's definitely some decent musicians, I would say. Riptide Brewery is one of them, Ancra Lab, Celebration Park. Those have got great live musicians. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of karaoke-style musicians that do are you not do exciting karaoke? to me. No, but, you know, like the musicians. Oh, you, I know what you mean. You know? Just playing like so the covers. there's a lot covers, of those, yeah. and they're not, they're not playing an instrument. They're not singing along. They're just, yeah. You don't do karaoke, though? I never have. Really? No. Uh-uh. You've been around it, probably. Yeah, I try not to be. No, <laughs> <laughs> but you, but you, do you, do you have you not done it because you uh, are afraid to? Probably. I don't mean afraid, but you know what I mean. Like you know, I, it would be too embarrassing, or yeah. you just like I despise karaoke. No, I don't despise it. It's amusing to watch, and you know, like I said, there's a lot of musicians who claim to be professionals and sound like karaoke. So yeah, you know, it's amusing to watch. Um, <laughs> do you dance? Do I dance? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What's interesting for me is that I don't drink anymore like I used to have a drink or three. Um, and I don't drink anymore. So I know my social inhibitions are definitely stronger. And so I probably dance less now. But yeah, for sure, I've been known to party all night <laughs> um, <laughs> on the dance floor. <laughs> how do you listen to music? How do I listen to music? What, yeah, like, what do you mean? Do you YouTube? put CDs, YouTube, yeah. like, on, just on your computer, playing through little computer speakers? Like, yeah. explain, you know, if you like making uh, art, yeah. you want music on or whatever. So I've got a really tiny apartment. So, like, in my dream, I would have a record player with vinyl. Like, I want to go old school with good speakers. I've got a friend of mine who's a local musician. Um, he has the best vinyl collection and it's like a imagine the studio, but just like a whole wall of vinyl. It's like kind of like it's it was a kind of a dream to go into the space. I was like, oh, but um, yes. So in me, my dream, it would be that. But me personally, right now, I listen to it through my iPad, through a little tiny speaker because my iPad speaker's blue, which is probably due to me listening to music. Um, and yeah, and then YouTube. And I've just invested, and this is a big investment for me, is that I 
invested in like no ads on YouTube and that's uh-huh. a revolution. I got that um, when my daughter started using YouTube because I don't watch TV for the same reason. Like I don't want commercials. I don't want commercials in my mm-hmm. life. And so suddenly she got old enough to like watch YouTube and I'm like, we're paying because I don't want you to watch ads. Yeah. And then I benefit from it too. Yeah, but this was like in the last couple of weeks that I did that. I'm like, why have I been like putting up with the music? Because now you can listen to like a whole album mm-hmm. and not have – I don't know, med adverts in the middle of Led Zeppelin or whatever, which is disconcerting. Do you remember the last time you purchased music that had physical form? Oh, no. I don't, I don't no. And do you know what I love? I went to see um, – my last gig was in – like if someone who'd released an album was in Salt Lake City. It was ben- Benjamin Francis Leftwich, who's a British musician. He was playing in Salt Lake City. And he had vinyl. And I'm like, is this what the kids are doing these days? Like, are they re-releasing on vinyl? Yeah, right. And that kind of made me realize that you can get any album reprinted on vinyl. You can get it in Walmart or whatever, right? Yeah. So I just heard a story on BBC NewsHour this morning about a company in Florida that is using recycled plastic to make records. Really? So I'm going to try to find them and there. talk to them on Gulf Coast Life. The show yeah. that we were on the other day. Yeah, that's great. Um, before we get to your second song, um, we talked about concerts before. What's the furthest you've ever traveled to see music? Oh, I don't know. I did. I, I got on a train in when I was living <laughs> living in Atlanta, and it felt like we went for ages to see Jamiroquai, and we're in some random warehouse. It was the it was the randomest concert. It was was it we, Jamiroquai? It was actually Jamiroquai, <laughs> but it was like imagine going uh, some really famous music artists and going to some trading estate in the back end of Fort Myers and just like wow, this is Jamiroquai. He plays across the world and he's playing <laughs> this random little place. So, but I don't know venue. And yeah, no, I've never got on a plane and travelled, but I would the right one. What would be the right one? Someone who's probably dead. I was going to say Madonna, but she hasn't died. Yet. <laughs> is she still? Is she still doing stuff? Right? I guess. Yeah, probably. she's cloned herself. I'm sure. Yeah. But no. you were a Madonna fan. You are a Madonna fan. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, not. I haven't got any of her albums. So when I say that, but like, she's just one of those. You know, you know, in 2016, when all like a lot of musicians, a lot of artists died. Mm-hmm. Like we lost Bowie, Prince, George Michael. She's one of those people, and then. Yeah, she's one of those people you like, I've got to see her before she dies. I'm not saying she's going to die. I really, sorry, Madonna. I really hope she doesn't pass away anytime soon. I don't even know how old she is, but yeah. How old's Madonna, Jared? She's got to be, I'd be impressed if she's in her 60s. And I'm going to say she's, let me think. And she's got to be knocking on 60s door. I'm going to think she's, say she's, she's 62 years old. 62. 62. Wow. You know, feels like only yesterday she was 50. Yeah. That's how it goes. Um, so Madonna, who else would be like a big, you know, get for you right now? Do you know? Um, I'd go. I'd go. I'd go see Zeppelin. Uh, can I go to like the like? It would have to be alive. Well, yeah. I mean, I want to go see Oasis. My friends have seen them so many times, and I feel like I missed a trip going in the nineties when they were big. But I'd go see them, but they don't play anymore together because yeah, they're brotherly falling out. Do you know? I don't know. Um, yeah. If it was alive or dead, it would be Zeppelin. Yeah. They're all alive still, aren't they? Well, the drummer. I don't know. Probably. But the they're, not, they're not touring, though. When I... <laughs> 
I think Robert Plant probably still is. Well, yeah, I think he is. But can you imagine if they all got back together and put out a whole nude from Zeppelin album? Yeah. That'd be something. The band's three surviving members are Plant, Page, and Jones yeah. for yeah. Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Bonham died. His brother plays for them, apparently. That's why. I, uh, not brother. Mm, son. Mm. Um, okay. It is time for your second song. Mm-hmm. Which would you? Is this going to be the uh, the Blur song? Yeah. Okay. Aptly named. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. It's song number two. Or do you song know, I've two. totally had a blank on why I put this one in. <laughs> song well, two. But... Take a, take a minute. <laughs> oh yeah. Right. Song two. <laughs> <laughs> song to blur so we'll go like yeah like i said i lived in atlanta d- during 1997 1998 when i was um working in a hotel over there and it was an awesome period of time for me to f- listen to british bands because a lot of the musicians at that point were like big in england but they were just trying to make it in the states so like they might be playing big arenas in the uk but they were still playing small venues in the states so at that period, Oasis and Blur in the UK were really fighting each other as to who was like top dog. And then Blur had come to play in Atlanta in this really tiny venue called um, the Cotton Club. Oh, yeah, the Cotton Club. And um, yeah, so we had gone to see Blur play <laughs> in this gig and it was a tiny venue that must have held like 2,000 people maximum. And Blur is like a British guitar band for people who aren't familiar with Blur. Um, And they play more kind of poppy music. But this song here is a little more rocky, as you'll hear. And me and my roommate who went to see it got a bit of a surprise because when they played this song, the whole venue kind of turned into a mosh pit. And so I'm stood there with my my buddy and we've like been enjoying Blur for a few minutes and then she gets pulled into this mosh pit only to like re-emerge at the end of the song looking like she'd been attacked, like her hair was all over the place, her t-shirt was kind of ripped and like we had just gone to see Blur which is a really cool guitar band and then yeah that had happened. So I'm just, when I hear this song I've got this memory of her just having like you know come out of the mosh pit been been... chewed up and spit out by a mosh pit yeah exactly and it, this is such a quintessentially 90s song like yes. I'm I'm six excited for all the people who don't know which song you're talking about but know this song yeah yeah it's it's a great song well I will say that I couldn't have told you a blur song or even described the band blur no. But when I pulled this one on, I'm like, oh, it's that song. I know that song. Uh, yeah. <laughs> case, in, case in point. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, Girls and Boys was the be- the first song that I knew from Blur, but this is, yeah, just rock out to this. And then listen to Blur afterwards because, yeah, they'll take you on a journey. What was the name of the TV the show that's in Birmingham? The show Peaky Blinders. Peaky Blinders and Blur. That's on my, my notes. Yeah, this would be a great track in Peaky Blinders, a version of it. Ooh, yeah. Oh, I'm oh. going to write to the producer of that show. Do that. <laughs> um, well, let's listen to it. This is Song 2 by Blur from their 1997 self-titled album. So abrupt in the ending, that's what I like about it. You were drinking water as it ended. I know. I nearly <laughs> choked. <laughs> um, what was, what's your friend's name? Helen. Helen. What do you think she thinks when she hears that song? <laughs> Uh, probably, yeah. We still laugh about it to this day, and that was oh god, like twenty five years ago. So yeah, it's still funny. And what's really cool about uh, well, we 
we were in the hotel where they were staying, but we didn't know until the day after. I think they played like a couple of nights there. And we didn't know until the day after. And our friends who were working, like this was a big hotel. It was like a 1400 room hotel. Wow. And they were, they had watched some boxing fight, which I don't know who it would have been in the 90s. I don't know, maybe Tyson in the 90s. And they were, there was a sports bar that we didn't work in that was on the other side of the hotel. And they were staying in the hotel and they had gone to watch that. And our friends who were also British, also doing internships, they had got VIP passes for the gig in Blur the following day. So I've got that story, but they've got, we parted with Blur with VIP passes. And you were like like 100 yards away. Yeah, really. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, that's that's the end to that story. But what brings us back around, really cool to Southwest Florida and that story is that recently I was, um, I do painting in Riptide in Naples. And I got chatting to one of the guys there and who works there and we got talking about Atlanta somehow. And um I don't yeah, we were just talking about music. And it turns out this guy that is now managing the Riptide in Benita Springs, they've got another venue in Benita Springs, this guy called Christian. He used to manage the venue in Atlanta in the nineties where I went to that blur gig. So he like negotiated the contract for that gig or yeah. something. But how random is that? Yeah, like, yeah. Isn't it funny how like your world collides and like all the dots connect sometimes and you like bam that hmm. happened right there. So speaking. Describe what Riptide is. I I've kind of I'm kind of inferring, but to tell uh, us what Riptide is um a craft brewing place here. There's a few here oh, in Naples, okay. but this is yeah. So what I do at Riptide, um I have a monthly event called the Last Friday Sessions and I have a friend that comes and plays mu- music, Ryan Blade, and he comes and plays like an acoustic blues set, and I paint paint to it. So I perform my painting thing, and he performs his music, and the crowd loves it. So and it's you, been going since March. It's, and so you do one piece over the arc of his set. Yeah, yeah. For like, I paint. And you start th- to finish. I, I paint for three hours. Yeah. What was that like the first time you did it? Um. I am pretty comfortable with having people watch me paint. Like, I've done it a lot. When I first started painting live with having people, I was a bit nervous, but now I've done it enough. And it's just, it's fun. And what's really fun about painting to live music is, you know, when you go to a concert and you can feel the energy, mm-hmm. there's energy that's created by someone performing, yeah? So when we're in it together and I'm creating energy painting and he's creating energy by playing his music there's like a beautiful little alchemy of creative energy going on that i'm feeling i think people pay attention to and feel it as well you know do you ever feel its lack when you're trying to work alone oh that's a really good question i listen to music and that brings it but there's it's a different it's a different kind of create and i mean sometimes like when i paint i paint in silence um, because it takes me into myself a little more. But, yeah, music is always good to create too, but there's definitely a different feel to it when you're doing it with live Have you ever musicians. struck the balance and painted live on Facebook? No, I don't know. Because, <laughs> wanna... you know, during the pandemic, there was a lot of artists doing what they could to still reach yeah. people. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, I just can't imagine myself doing that, but never say never. Mm. You know, I've thought about it because I think, yeah, I think there's, yeah, but not me. Not right now. So lawyer, internship in marine stuff, Mm. artist in Naples, Mm. 
There was some scuba diving in there somewhere. Yeah. What was that all about? Not much music in scuba diving there. Well, that was what I was going to ask. I, 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 <laughs> you probably these days could listen to music while you were under, but you probably wouldn't want to yeah. for safety reasons. I don't know. I'm guessing. I, uh, there's probably a way if you want so inclined, but then you'd be taking away the whole experience of the scuba diving, for me at least. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was a, So I went to do marine conservation over there in Mexico. Um, and I was meant to be there for a few months, and then I ended up being a sco- becoming a scuba diving instructor because that's what I thought I'd do next. Were you already a scuba diver? Yeah. I traveled to Australia, and my first ever scuba dive was on the Great Barrier Reef, mm. and I was petrified, and I hated it. And then I'm like, but I kind of loved it at the same time. I, I do definitely try and get out of my comfort zone. So rather than going... I hate this, I'm never going to do it again. I said, I hate this, but I want to learn to do it. (laughs) And I learned to love it. And I, yeah, it's still, it's a passion. I haven't done it for a few years, but I know that, yeah, it's still there somewhere. When was the last time you did it? um, Last time I did it in, I went back to Mexico just after Hurricane Irma. I had a little vacation and, and went diving there. What's great about having lived in Mexico that I've, I've got a lot of my friends who are still there. So then I just drop down and get some free scuba diving out of out of it. It's easy for me. We to. live close to scuba diving. I know. We live quite close to the ocean. I've never – I don't know why I haven't done it in Florida. number of reasons, but, yeah. If anyone listening wants to get in touch and take me scuba diving, I'm open. <laughs> okay. Um, so were you always an artistic person and then you at some point decided to dive in full time or were – you know, explain like how you wound up being an artist in Naples. Yeah, I have always been creative, like – painting and and writing has always been a part of my life like I've always painted even when I was living in Atlanta I do remember like doing canvases for people and drawing there and actually Helen I drew a picture for her and she still has it from from the 90s that I did for her but um yeah I just my whole life it's been so even when I when I was a lawyer was probably the period when I wasn't creative at all I think that just sucked all my creative soul out of me um, but yeah when I was a scuba diving instructor, instructor I became an underwater photographer underwater videographer and then it's always been it's, uh, the creative thread's always been there and then yeah I just had the opportunity I, I left the job in the Humane Society back in 2018 and I'm like now's the time I was, you know, early 40s. I'm like, I'm going to give it a go. So, yeah. Real quick, it. what were you doing for the Humane Society? I was their volunteer manager. So I was dealing, oh, okay. I was you were dealing herding, with, herding human cats. Herding humans, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have a show up at Sydney and Burn Davis Art Center. I do, yeah. Just real quick, describe it. So, yeah, it opened um, on the 2nd of July. It's called the Me, You and Them exhibit. Um, so it runs to the 29th. It's there on the second floor in the Capitol Gallery. Um, and it's me, you, and them. So there's self-portraits. There's you, which is mirrors and things that people can think about who are visiting. And them, which is a lot of musical icons and literary icons and lots of portraits. Just a fun exhibition. Cool. Had a lot of good feedback. And uh, medium. Like, what do you paint with? Mostly acrylic. A little bit of Sharpie pen and a little bit of this and that. Yeah. And you're a photographer. Do you have a camera camera or do you just, you know, use your phone at this point? I have a, a fancy camera. Yeah. Like a 5D? Out. You got a 5D? 
No, I think I'm one level down than that. I've got to earn a bit more money in my painting to step Got a up. 70. I don't know what it is, actually. I'm not Honestly, I'm not that technically minded, but it, it does the job, and I shoot a lot of local musicians. You know, that's my, that's my little passion here in, here in this area is that I like to go out and shoot musicians with um, my camera. Musicals, <laughs> stage musicals. Yeah. Is that like a thing you would go to see? Oh, yeah, she's got jazz hands. <laughs> <laughs> No, my yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I I went to see Les Mis was the first thing that I went to see in the West End in London when I was like 17. Wow. Yeah, that was pretty great. Um, but yeah, I, know, I probably know all the words to The Sound of Music still. <laughs> Have you seen for any sure. shows since you've been in Southwest Florida, like at Barbara B. Man? i not a Barbara B. Man. I tell you what, I went to see The Book of Mormon at... Um, the artist theater uh, in artist Naples. Naples yeah. yeah, yeah, and that was on Christmas Eve, did it, did 2017. It, did anybody walk out? Because I saw no. a Barber Be Man, and there were some people. I don't, not that who I got noticed, up and just left. So I'll tell you the full story in relation to that. So um, I went to see it in the UK with uh, who became my ex-husband, and he was a Utahn, so he was a raised Mormon. But he wasn't Mormon anymore when I met him. But anyway. Interesting context uh, uh, to see that show. Probably. I thought he'd be totally chill with it. I thought, well, let's go and see this. It's a fun musical. It's written by the people of South Park. You like South Park, don't you? Let's go see it. He got more and more uptight through the whole of that. Uh, like I could see him like physically going. No, I think he would have walked out. If he hadn't been with me, he probably would have walked out. But I was like, really? <laughs> so, yeah, I think on behalf of grandma and father, he was he was uptight. But, yeah, it's a great musical. So, yeah. Oh, it's hilarious. It's like it's, it's like. Yeah. It's like laugh till you hurt to me. Yeah. And I think the people who walked out at Barbara B. Man were like, you know, people who had season tickets. You know, it's just like, honey, we have a show to go to see Friday night. And then yeah. they got there and they're like, what the <laughs> f- It's like that story about Cindy Lauper. What, what do you- <laughs> it's like a fever dream. Speaking Mormon hell dream. <laughs> it's like that. Um, uh, what about movies that are musicals? Like movies that have singing and I dancing like- in them. Yeah, I'm down for those two. Down for those two. Do you have yeah. a favorite? Um, I I like more Moulin Rouge. I like uh-huh. I like the, the I like my one. secret guilty pleasure is Mamma Mia, probably. But I'm I'm not allowed to admit that. Like That's that. the one about Abba, right? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, but I like Chicago. I like yeah. No, uh, West Side Story. It's a classic still. <laughs> yes. So, um, yes, I haven't brought this up on Did the show. Did my eyes light up a bit too much for you? On like no, the musicals, no, no, like oh my god, this girl is not as cool as we thought. No, that's in our world that is cool. Yes, thank see you. that is like you're getting props. <laughs> um, I haven't brought this up on the show for a while, but it's not really a movie musical, but it's a musically based movie. Have you seen Baby Driver? No. Yeah, you need to check out Baby Driver. Okay, it's by uh, directed by Edgar Wright, and the entire film was shot to music. So it's not like they put music in after they filmed it. They had audio design people on the set, and so the movie is synchronized to the songs oh, uh-huh. in a way that actually really works. Yeah, so. that's a skill in itself. When I was um, editing underwater videos, um, obviously putting music tracks to those, and it's fun to make a fish dance to tunes, you know, or shark spin to some <laughs> wicked glitch mob track. <laughs> um, nickname. So Kath is kind My? of a nickname, but have you had a nickname in your life that stuck? Um, not through, not through to now. Um, when I, you were I'm younger? sure. 
Yeah, Branny. My last name is um, Branwood, so Branny was a definite nickname that ran. Um, <laughs> is Branwood a, a common uh, surname in the UK? No, it's really not. Because I don't think I'd ever... Uh, no. I was like, that seems like a British name, but I don't know if I'd ever seen one before. And John no. Davis, by the way, misspelled your name in the web post. The, the initial I noticed that. I told him I, I wasn't. I, I fixed it during the show, but then it broke the link and then blah, 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 yeah. blah. It was the weirdest thing because I like tried to Google you and I'm like, there is no Kath Branwell. No, <laughs> Branwell doesn't exist, but Branwood does. Yeah. Um, no, it's not a common name. I think every Branwood is somehow related to my father. <laughs> um, if you were a championship wrestler, what song would you come into the arena on? Oh. Queen probably has Don't some. Don't stop me now. Yeah, I was going to say, Queen <laughs> has some good ones there. Yeah. That's a really great question. Do you know, I listened to a podcast yesterday that uh, it was talking about Mike Tyson. It was a Joe Rogan podcast. And he was saying that Mike Tyson used to walk onto nothing. Like he, he just was that. He cool. was so badass. Yeah, he was like silence, just cheer for me. Yeah, or yeah, boo his, me. Here his whole I thing. Am. Yeah, his whole thing was that he would come. I, I heard the same interview. He would he would come into the ring, and he would stare at his opponent, and he would just wait until yeah. they looked away. Yeah, because he knew that if if they couldn't stare as long as he could, that they'd he already kind of like they, them. they'd already given up. Yeah, and so yeah. he yeah he did he liked the silence for yeah. that. Yeah, so I I quite like that. I don't need a tune. Ooh, <laughs> okay, a strong I'm answer. Sorry. Also, not going to be a wrestler. So. Oh wait, wait, wait. What's the um, what's the one? What's that one composition that's like three minutes of silence? John Cage. John Cage. Number that, five. John. Uh, yeah, that's that's your yeah. that's your intro music. Stare me down for three minutes of John Cage. <laughs> um, if you were a cocktail or a drink of some kind, what would it be, and what would it be called? Oh, this is a tough one because, like I said, I don't drink anymore. So, doesn't have to be alcoholic. Doesn't have to be alcoholic. Cool drink of water. No, uh, Kinfei already has that. Oh, then no. Then. It was called a be like water. I think. Be like water. Yeah. <laughs> Strong cup of tea. Strong cup of tea. <laughs> what kind of tea? Can I have that? Yeah. Just a good like you don't you don't ask a British person what kind Black of tea. Black tea, Mike. Well, I wanted to get clarity on that. No. Well, if you want to be specific, Yorkshire tea is the brand that I. I buy on Amazon these days. I like I drink Yorkshire tea. What's nowadays. the proper way to make a cup of tea? Um, for me, boil the kettle. <laughs> and kettle's an unusual thing in the states. I recognise that. So yeah, tea bag. Pour the water. Add some milk. Mash the tea bag. Take it out. Drink your tea. Okay. No microwave. Oh no. <laughs> I knew that was. What are you talking <laughs> I knew you would make a look like that, or I assumed you would. Cat, cat. Yes. Would we call it? Can we call it the cuppa? Is that my wrestling name, or is this what we're talking about? The, the name no, of the drink. We moved on oh, to the cocktail. Na- <laughs> <laughs> I know why I struggled. Um, the cuppa, yeah. Uh, All right. Or the strong cup. The strong. The cup. strong cup. Hey, it's Tara Callaghan. Hey, Tara Callaghan. How are you? It's good to see you. Um, okay, before we get to your third song, um, you say you don't do karaoke, but you, we're going to get you to sing with us. Do you have any TV theme songs that you know that if we pull it up, you'll sing with us? Oh, no. You want me to sing? Do you know what Friends theme tune I listen to? Um, Postmodern Jukebox. 
arrangement of the Friends. Yeah, song big fans. This should morning, we, should we bring that up? That version of it? Sure. Or is that does that count? I don't know. Richard, uh, that's just singing you, along. <laughs> make a decision. Bra- that version of it is just so great. I agree, but I think you got to sing to the TV show. Okay. Do, yeah. I, do I have to sing? Well, um, well because I mean, you know, if we can, if we can bend your arm far enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You, should, you never gave me the heads up about this. <laughs> well, that's part of the, why you should have listened Good. to an episode first. <laughs> this was the question in particular I was thinking about when you were uh, like, right. I don't know, are you going to throw any well, I'm gonna, at me? I tell you what, I'm going to, um, I'll sing in honor of Helen, whose blur experience was part of this podcast. <laughs> because she was, me and her used to watch Friends all the time. You know, this was like a Friday night thing. Okay. So, yeah, Cornley. I think I'll remember the words. Oh, come on. I'm sure they're like emblazoned in my brain. (laughs) I could hear it now. (laughs) (laughs) The life one told me life was gonna gonna be this way. (laughs) 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 A joke you broke. Your love life's the way. It's all you're always stuck in second second gear. It hasn't been, been your day, day your week, your month, or even your year, year I'll be there for you. When the rain starts to fall, I'll be there for you. Like I've been there before. I'll be there for you. Cause I've been there, me too. You did a little singing. I did. I think I think I heard it. We did yeah. it. I whispered. I kept away from the mic for that. Ah, oh, you kind of were singing like over here. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like yeah. <laughs> um, it's time for your third song. It is. Mm-hmm. So this is um, a shout out to my dad. So my first, my first ever childhood memory, really my dad was such an, a huge Elvis fan. And just to kind of paint a picture, my dad is a strong, silent type. He's very gentle, very quiet. Um, and he's from Wales, which, and he was brought up in a tiny little town in Wales. And so what I always think about when I, I now listen to Elvis and just and now I live in the United States and how different it is to where he grew up. Just, yeah, Elvis must have blown his mind, like the, this kind of character and this kind of larger-than-life person um, coming out in the 60s and him just being aware of rock and roll and just blown his mind. And, yeah, I just can't imagine. So Elvis Presley. And so, yeah, my memory of him when I used to come home from school in the summertime and I used to walk home from school and from the end of the street, I could hear Elvis blasting. Like, he used to play it a full blast on the record player. And, yeah, he'd just be singing along and dancing in the living room and doing his best Elvis impression ever. And you heard me singing. It's a Brownwood family trait that we don't sing that well. And my dad knew all the words, but he, he couldn't keep a tune. So, you know. Um, so, yeah, I just have this memory of my dad being Elvis for the periods that he was Elvis definitely brought him to a place that you know made him happy why this song so this song I could have chosen any Elvis track so really it's a personal one for me because like any of the songs would have definitely brought me to my dad like this one Jailhouse Rock any of them but this particular song is great because it 
it just says Elvis, you know, and, and it's a live version of the song. But and um, yeah, if you want to know good rock and roll and where, where he, he was like inspired by so many different musicians of the time, and I listen to musicians now who respect the music that he he made. So it's just gritty. It's just raw. Um, but yeah, any of the Elvis tracks would have would have gone down well. Why did you choose the live version of this? Because I got the not live version too, just in case. But why the live version? Just for that reason that like I think Elvis Presley. It's like I said, I'm, I'm so uncool, but I think he just gets joked about for all like the stories that how he how he died and everything. But if you really look at him as a live performer, he was he was a genius. Like he's just so raw and so real and so rock and roll. Like I feel like people who forget about Elvis, listen, watch some of his live performances like this one on YouTube, and you're like, well, this is why he was the king. You know, he was so influenced in so many different ways, and yeah. Well, people listening, go to our Facebook page. Click like and then look for this video because, right, Tara? Thumbs up. We'll share this video. Um, you ready to listen to it? Yeah. Okay. This is uh, Elvis Presley's "One Night with You," released as the B-side to "I Got Stung" in 1958. The live version is from his 1968 comeback TV special. Do you know why I think that really resonates? That's why I love it. Why it really resonates with me is because I go and listen and watch and know and I'm friends with live musicians now because there's a definite energetic thing about listening to that and kind of understanding that he was singing from his soul. Like he was singing somewhere from his gut. When you listen to that track, like the words, the feelings, the feelings that we all have, like pure human instincts. You can feel it in that song, and that's what I'm saying. When when people like go, Elvis wasn't cool. That's like fundamental song right there that runs through so many songs now. Still, um, I think I, I think the people who say Elvis isn't cool, it's just more of like they just have so, this image of who he was, and they've never even listened. Yeah, to Yeah, in the music. big jumpsuits. But yeah, exactly. I mean, if you watch that track, and he's wearing top to toe leather, there's not many people who can pull off that outfit except Elvis, and like it's cool. It's like not his white leather outfit, it's his full-on. Well, it's 1968, too. It's not 1978 or whatever Right, it it's just, man. And he, do you know what? My dad, in his heyday, back like he was, when I was a kid, when I was that memory, he must have been in his 30s, which is younger than I am now. So when I think about that kind of contrast, and, like, my dad was a good-looking guy and he had jet black hair, so he was styling himself like Elvis. Like, I've seen pictures of him <laughs> back when he was a teenager, when he was in his early 20s, and he's got the Elvis, he had, yeah, full-on Elvis quiff. Like, he was styling himself like Elvis. You said he's a pretty reserved person, generally speaking? Yeah. If he had seen Elvis, would he have been going, Woo! Yeah. Yeah, I tell you what, um, so, yeah, he would have really enjoyed it. And bringing back to my stepmom that I've already talked about, um, when they met each other, he, she really brought him to life. So she would take him to concerts and he loved it. So when I say he's reserved by himself, like if with a, a bit like myself, around the right people, he comes to life and my stepmom brought that out. So he was going to, he used to go to a jazz and folk festival and camp and stuff like with her. Um, for years and years when they were together. That was like a big thing that they did. So, yeah, when he's reserved. What's great about my dad, so I speak to him, he's still alive. Um, I, he's now, he turned 80 this year. And I speak to him 
every every week he doesn't he doesn't do cell phones so yeah I literally have to call him on his landline and I call him through Skype on his landline anyway Christmas time this year my brother bought him an Alexa or like an, an Echo Dot yeah I'm not Technically, technically right. minded. If he doesn't do cell phones, he probably thinks he probably put that straight out in the garbage. No. Well, here's <laughs> what's the great thing about my dad. He's very, he's, he's, you know, interested and he loves music. So he's got this Echo Dot. And my brother has set him up that he can speak to it and ask it for things. So before COVID, he had gone to the pub and a karaoke was playing. And he, in his words, he said, So they had this playlist. And it had like 300 songs on there. And I wasn't sure if I was meant to steal it, but I did steal it. And now he's got this playlist of the 300 songs. So now... So he walked off with some karaoke person's playlist? Yeah. But what's awesome is, you know, the UK (laughs) was locked down for a little longer than the rest of us. So what he's done to keep him... He lives by himself now. To keep himself entertained in isolation, he's gone track by track. And he sings this. the karaoke? No. He, gets, he just plays the song. He asks Alexa to play the songs track by track. Through Are they like, like alphabetical three. or something? I don't know. And there's lots of... Like, he's just taking the time to learn new music by yeah. doing that track by track. I just thought it was awesome. And what's embarrassing that every time I speak to him now, because I had an Echo Dot for Christmas from my boss, and I'm too scared to connect it up. So, so it's my, just still sitting in a box? So my 80-year-old dad is like, Kath, have you done it? You've got to, you've got to speak to Alexa. And I'm like, no. <laughs> um, do you think he's still like channeling his inner Elvis with his Echo Dot? Possibly. Have you heard of Donnie Lonergan? Mm-mm. No. Well, Google that. Or Google Donnie Lonergan, De- Jared. Donnie Lonergan, right? He, he. My dad. Every time I speak to my dad, he's going Donnie Lonergan. Okay, listen to Donnie Lonergan and Rock Island. A Rock Island Line is a a song. Rock Island Line by Donnie Lonergan. Right. Did I get it right? That's yes. A lot of. Yeah, but no. Rock Island Line was a, a Lead Belly blues track. Oh, okay. Right. Johnny Cash has covered it, and now Donny Lonergan was like the most British-sounding dude, and then he puts on this proper American accent to do this song. It's it's. We're gonna hear it here in a second, I do believe. Yeah, we are. Yeah, a, a treat for my dad. <laughs> Who will be listening to this? I don't know how I'll make him listen, but I have. You can my... ask his Echo Dot. Oh, I bet it could do it. I yeah. I think Tara. Tell me. Can you ask Alexa to play three song stories? You can? Oh. Oh. Yeah, that'll be a task for him. <laughs> yes. Then yes, I would do that. <laughs> I should say, no, I'm not going to do that. I was going to say that in a way that if you're listening at home, it might make it happen. Oh. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's not wake up Alexa. That's why I'm scared to connect my thing up. It's still it's still in the box in my apartment. I don't like people listening. <laughs> Can they copyright this part of it, Richard? Yes. Uh, <laughs> well, we'll be talking over. We'll the be other talking part. over the other one. I can hear the Johnny Cash in this. Uh-huh. Yeah, the influence it is warms definitely up. there. And if you go look for this on YouTube, he does kind of looks kind of like Johnny Cash. Yeah, he yeah. Holds the guitar in the same kind of fashion. And this is contemporary. Chest. This is something he's like. This 61. is like sixty-one. Sixty-one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this is not contemporary. I was no. thinking this was some oh, no. like modern dude doing this. It's like, wow, he's really channeling, channeling his... Yeah, since it, listen to the original one, like, Led Ballet is a blues musician, and that's pure. Okay. I don't know if we ever actually got to the song. 
sort of. No, it's a slow <laughs> intro, right? That's okay. It's, it's like a story. Which is it's a song story he's yeah. telling a song story right? people will hear the song oh I see don't worry we'll yeah. Richard will fix that what I'm saying right now may not even be in the episode <laughs> or it might be who knows the whole thing is the whole thing is <laughs> do you listen to radio stations that play music in your car yes how often uh, well every car journey okay yeah so you, you don't listen to NPR Yes, of course I do. <laughs> it's the only thing I listen to. Yes. But you still listen to music because a lot of people don't anymore. We ask that question. People are like, I don't know. I got like, you know, I have satellite radio where I no. Bluetooth my phone to my car no. which will play me my music. It's, and this is because I'm not technically minded. <laughs> it's because I can't. It was like, yeah, now I've got Spotify in my car. I'm like, I don't know how to do that. So that's why, yeah, I still listen to music radio. What kind of music radio? Oh, uh, whatever, whatever I can switch to that hasn't got commercials on. Like I flick through the radio a lot. And I, what I love about living here is uh, the Latin stations as well. Like that takes me back to Mexico and just the music that plays on those. Um, but yeah, I, I could have switched up my tracks coming here because Pink Floyd Comfortably Numb was on, on, on the way up the 41. And it, I, I literally stopped on an orange light, just so I could just stop and chill and listen orange to Orange light, I like that. You know, deliberately, like people we like zooming, yellow lights zooming past America. me on a yellow light. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm going to stop here. I know it's going to turn to red because I want to listen to the whole of Pink Floyd comfortably when I'm in peace and not driving. And uh, yeah. Where does that song take you? Is there a, like a story or a place or a time? Not, not in particular, just because it was a great track. I do um, wish you were here. Takes me to Mexico, traveling around Mexico, um, but not probably that particular track. I mean, it, it, so many memories that probably aren't shareable, but yeah. <laughs> Understood. Well, I mean, it's a podcast, so you could, but that's a line you get to draw. Um, yeah. Did you see any cool music that stuck out in your memory while you were in Mexico? It um, opened my mind, like I said, to a lot of Latin music. I tell you what was really cool about because uh, I lived in Playa del Carmen, which is like the Caribbean side. And what was really cool about that is that a lot of the bands there were playing like Bob Marley and a lot of reggae. So that's kind of an interesting little um, parallel with a lot of people with kind of Spanish accents sping it, singing reggae music. It was just it was just great. It just opened my mind to a lot of different kinds of music. If you could broadcast a song into the head of every human being simultaneously, which song would you choose? Comfortably numb. Yeah? <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. If you had to guess what song you've listened to the most times in your life, which would you think it might be? Oh, gosh. That's a good – yeah. <clears throat> My mind is totally blank on that one. <gasps> Probably Oasis. Um... <laughs> Can you even remember an Oasis song right now? <laughs> it's the one with Sally in the title. And just because that's taken me to a memory that I'm like, oh. Don't Look Back in Anger. And Sally's not even in the title, but I think, yeah, Don't Look Back in Anger, Oasis. Where does that take you? So many student parties and lives. So that's when my mind went blank because I was definitely drunk or high during the majority of listening to that track. But it, it yeah, Oasis was just, you know, I think 
lots of people become aware of music when they're in the teenage years and away and when you kind of party and when you're in college like you pick a band any band and that's the band that sticks with you through through your whole life and that's why my dad is still an Elvis fan um and I think a lot of people get stuck in the band and the music that they were only listening to in their 20s and never never stay open to new music my brother's definitely done that so yeah what's the newest music you've come across the newest music like have you added music to your listening routine <laughs> within the last few years i try and i definitely have people send me tracks who are kind of wiser on more up to date music um and i'm has any of it stuck though you know it's one thing for somebody to say listen to this and then you listen to it and then you never listen to it again do you know what who I've loved and I, it's not modern but Trent Muller who does like remixes of like um Bruce Springsteen and Roy Sharp and I heard a really great track by Chris Isaac that Trent Muller had redone but that's not even new um but yeah I am open to people sending me lots of tracks of new people all the time Billie Eilish I, I did I've a, heard of her. I did a. Por- she's got two colors in her hair. I, I don't think she does anymore. I think she's gone full oh, platinum blonde now. I she's got a bit. In, yeah. Now I know. And the portrait I did, she had like the green and black hair look going on. But yeah, she's released something just recently, and she's proper full platinum. It's a cool video. She's in like the desert or somewhere. I want to say she's probably in the Red Rocks of Utah. And uh, yeah, she might move there and become a Utahan. She, yeah, maybe. I hope she doesn't. Um, is there any kind of music or a particular song you'll avoid listening to? No. I was, uh, n- no. I don't think there is. I mean, I'm not going to enjoy all of the music, but I said to a friend last night, I'm like, I'm open to all kinds of music. And he sent me some like Christian death metal music. <laughs> I'm like, I'll listen to one track. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, I'm definitely. Yeah. Most overplayed song of all time. Bohemian Rhapsody. I thought you might say that. But you'll still listen to it if it comes on I'll the radio? I'll still listen to it. And I'll still rock out to it like Wayne's World. I was going to say, what was it like for you for Wayne's World? Like that must, you know, because us American kids were like, that's so cool. But like for, you know, because that kind of brought Queen. Like there was like a dearth of Queen knowledge, I think. And then Wayne's World in America anyway kind of brought Queen back. I Just think, because of that one scene. Uh, do you know, honestly, and uh, well, that's what I love mm-hmm. about music, kind of introducing and reintroducing mu- music into people's lives. I feel like Queen was down at the bottom of the playing list until Wayne's World, even in England. Mm-hmm. Like, they weren't that cool for a chunk of time. I mean, always respected. So it wasn't just an American thing. Yeah, no. Because that th- was my sense of it. Uh, yeah, no, that's what I feel like. Or maybe it only, they only became gay, uh, that's movie brought them into my awareness again. But, yeah, I think it made them cool again. Um, regular listeners to this show will know this story, so I'll keep it short. But I, my brother, in like when he was like 12, he just became fixated on Queen. And this would have been like 1985 or something like that. And I was like, God, Joe, would you stop playing the freaking Queen? Because that's all he played. And he, had, he like got every record of theirs and everything. But then when Wayne's World came out and Queen became cool again, suddenly I knew every word to every Queen song because my brother forced me to. Yeah. And I was like, yes. Yeah. And then they became uncool again. No. <laughs> no. I think they stayed cool. What did you what, think of the movie? 
I love the movie. I think um, he did a really great job. I, I really love the movie. I think I learned more about Queen. They're just a staple. Like, I mean, Brian May was, what, on the top of Buckingham Palace when the Olympics opened? Was that for that? Or was that for the Jubilee? Like, they just keep... He keeps rocking his guitar for all these different things. It's like a national treasure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Still got great hair as well. You know... Um, they were trying to get Sasha Baron Cohen for that role. Really? Uh-huh. And then he backed out. And they ended up goodness. getting Robbie Malik. So you, you're happy with that decision? Because I, I think he could have done it. Like, I look at him, like, physically, I think he could have done it. May, yeah. Hmm. I never heard that. But, yeah. No. I don't think. You're happy with that. Yeah. No, he can stick with Borat. <laughs> um, are there any albums that you will want to listen to all the way through because they're, like, perfect in your mind? Oh, no, yeah, lots. <laughs> <laughs> no, yes, lots. I don't know. I like uh, Pink Floyd. I like. I don't know. See, I'm not very good at details. I'm really not good at, like, this album track. That's I probably okay. should have done you my homework just, you for you. You could just breeze right on by. There, yeah. no, I don't know is a fine answer. There's so many, so many. Uh, do you know what I listened to recently? Um it was a Bob Dylan album, and I've totally spaced on the name of the thing, but I'm like, this is a really... What tracks were on it? Um, yeah, no. Bob Dylan songs. It was yeah. full of Bob Dylan songs. There was a lot of words. It's very A lot of poetic. words, a lot of, lot of, lot of verses. <laughs> Do you know, I've listened to that album so many times, and I'm just, I can't, and I'll say this to everybody, you know how some people are like... What's the first song on it? Quote. Like, put it in in your head, and what song comes on? Oh... No. Sorry. Okay. Don't. No. Yeah. No, that's okay. It's a Bob Dylan song or album. Um, do you have a favorite band of all time? No. Do I have a favorite band of all time? I can't. I have to be the Beatles. Yeah. Yeah. Can do you it, listen to a lot of Beatles today? Can it be the Beatles? Of course, it can be the Beatles. I do listen to the Beatles. Well, the Beatles just influences so many different musicians. Um, so, yeah, I think it has to be the Beatles just because every single song, every single story that I hear about the Beatles and every single interview that I hear is great. And my mom's a huge Beatles fan, so I need to give a nod to her and her influences. Did you see the movie Across the Universe? No. Did you see the movie um, Nowhere Boy? No. Do you know, I hadn't heard about that movie until I got to Mexico and it was this guy that I was dating in Mexico and he's like, have you seen this movie? I'm like, no. And he goes, but it's about the Beatles. I'm like, really? And yeah. Is that the one where like the Beatles went away? And it's a, it's it's John Lennon's story from when oh. he was a kid. Oh. Yeah. I and mean, it's not a documentary though. It's a film. It's a, yeah, it's a film. Yeah. Like, you know, like you know, like uh, Nowhere Man, the song? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, so I it's about, it's about the... Lennon. Um, it's it's a biographical film. Being a nowhere boy. Oh. Yeah. yeah very cool. Do you know of Across the Universe? No. It's a movie that has Beatles songs embedded through it, where they sing and dance and do productions, and like it's. But it they create a story arc using Beatles songs. Okay. And so it's all covers. It's like not the Beatles playing. It's like the actors singing, or you know, at one point 
Bon, I'm not Bono. Yeah, Bono shows up at one point and he does one of the songs like cool. Sgt. Peppers and all this stuff. So. Do you know, I could have totally seen that. This is what, see, <clears throat> this is the dreamer in me. Like I can watch movies indefinitely five years down the line or even a week later. I'm like, did I see that already? So, yeah. Um. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, my. See it. it was clearly not memorable. <laughs> um, what would your 14-year-old self think of who you are today? My 14-year-old self would be highly unimpressed because that was the kind of 14-year-old I am, but really... Highly unimpressed. Yeah, highly unimpressed, yeah. What I was, did your 14-year-old like, think you were going to be doing? I have no idea. I don't... I have no idea what my 40-year-old self... Like, really, honestly, I went to the Niagara Falls when I was 40, and I was like, hmm, it's just water. So that was my 14-year-old <laughs> self, you know. Um, but I'd like to think my 14-year-old self would be, you know, pretty impressed with how it turned out. Making art in Florida? Like, that would have been you a know, surprise, right? I have a pretty, yeah, I have a lot of moments where I'm like, this is what I'm doing now. And that was when I was sitting here listening to that Queen track to start with. I'm like, uh, I definitely was like, this is what I'm doing now. So that was why I was halfway between crying real yeah, you tears. Were, you were like laughing yeah. and holding back tears yeah. in oscillation. Yeah, because <laughs> it's ridiculous, right? And I have that all the time when I'm like... I have to pinch myself that like because if you knew the town that I grew up in, it's so vastly different to like where I am right now and what I'm doing right now that I have to pinch myself a lot. Do you and go? I, do you go back often? I try and go back at least every year, except you know the last year stopped me. Um, I don't think I'm going to make it this year. Probably next year, just because of all the restrictions. It's a little hard right now. I wish I could have got back for my dad's 80th, which was last month in May. Um, but yeah, um, it's time to recommend three people. So the people I'm choosing, like I said, I, I go and shoot um, photography for a lot of like local live musicians. Um, so one of the people is uh, Mr. Chris Bepko, who's an awesome. He's who you paint with, or no, paint next to? No, no he's someone I've definitely done photos for. He oh, actually right, right, right. he did an awesome four hour set on the roof of the Sydney Burn Davis last Friday for the opening. As part of the opening? For the opening. He he, he really rocked the roof. It was amazing. So he does, it's like a one-man band. He does does a loop set, so Mm -hmm, he plays mm -hmm. all the instruments. Cool. Sounds great. So very cool. So yeah, Chris Bepko, he he would be really interesting and he's he's going on tour around the country as of October, I think is when he's kicking off, starting out in Fort Myers. So yeah. He's definitely wants to come down. Um, and then another person is is not a musician, but um, Cesar Aguilera is a local artist. He's kind of on my list. I know him, sort of. You definitely We've crossed paths. He needs over to the come years. on. He's <laughs> when I say I was listening to um, Christian death metal music. He's the one who said, you got to listen to this. I'm I, like, I would love to host his episode. Sure. I call it right now. I call you dibs. dibs. You got dibs. You call well, dibs. I call dibs on his episode. Yeah. Yes. I mean, he's got stories to tell. He's He's got interesting music tastes. So, well, yeah. not nudge him for us and then Definitely. we'll follow up. He'll be open to it. Um, and then number three. Oh, do you know what? I'd, I'd, I'd give a shout out to my boss and I haven't spoken to him about, him about this Um Matt Chadwick, he's a local musician also. Um, he, he's been playing around for a long time, but he also runs an outdoor kitchen company that I, when I'm not being an artist, I have to pay the bills in different ways, so I, I work for him. Um, but he's an amazing musician and very heavily inspired by lots of different 
Sounds good. Mm-hmm. I have to ask a follow-up. Outdoor kitchen? Is that like like doing your back porch fancy style so you have a second place to cook? Yeah. <laughs> but in <laughs> – yeah. <laughs> High budget kind of a way. That sounds like you've stuck a portable grill out there. This is like <laughs> it's slightly higher end than that. <laughs> but yeah. It looks like somebody's going to say something. I, I have to suggest that now we all do a date and we go to the rooftop of the Sydney and Burn the next time that they have a performance up there because we, the three of us, have not. Kath, would you like to come with us? You should come tonight. If anyone's, <laughs> I'm like anyone free tonight. Today's, tonight, today's I tell Friday. you what, and if oh, if you want a fourth person, you should have on Harvey Rodriguez, and he's a, a Cuban musician. His band is Miami Splash Band. But um, he's been playing in Southwest Florida for many years. Um, and, yeah, he's playing live on the reef tonight. That's what I'm going to be at the Davis tonight, um, hanging out with my paintings and the exhibition. But also I've got my camera with me. I've got that fancy whatever Canon it is that I can't remember. But I'm going to shoot some pictures because, yeah. Okay. Many final thoughts. You did it. I told you it wouldn't be nerve-wracking. It wasn't nerve-wracking, was it? No, I had a bit of a blank in the middle there when he started asking me details. But no, it wasn't nerve-wracking at all. That was kind of fun. Okay. Re- how long have we been talking for? An hour and 29 minutes. Have we? Yeah. Spot on. All yeah. right. Thanks for doing it. Thank you. It's been fun. We make three song stories in the studios of WGCU Public Radio on the campus of Florida Gulf Coast University in Fort Myers, Florida. Richard Chinqui is co-creator and producer. Tara Calligan is online content producer and host. Christophus is our executive producer. Jared, the intern Gonzalez, directed today's show. Our theme song was created by Dave Dave, Dave Cowan, and Stick Martin at Monkey House Studio in St. Pete. For this week's parting tune, I'm going to highlight how mundane song stories can be sometimes. I left work not long after recording recording this episode with Kath and stopped by Publix on my way home, as is my daily habit. I always try to note the music as the doors slide open, and this time my entrance was perfectly timed to the beginning of Ants Marching by Dave. I knew what I wanted, and the list was short. The song played as I made my way up and down the aisles, collecting sliced turkey, tomatoes, peanut butter, hydrogen peroxide, and a loaf of bread. It was still playing as I got into line and during the transaction, then ended the exact moment I walked back out through the sliding doors. Felt like I was a scene in a movie. I just love how music can frame existence itself if we just pay attention. Keep listening. Next time on Three Song Stories. I didn't know um, people smoked pot, so that was an interesting situation. Especially at Tico. Right. And he's like, let's just, you know, maybe not tell your mother that you were, you know, smelling pot when you were 13 or something. (laughs)